0: The actions you take create the life you're living. Take a hold of it and it's yours.
1: What's going on everyone, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to episode 248 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential, and of course, Have some fun along the way. For today's episode 248, I am elated to bring you my conversation with Olivia Amato. She's a Peloton instructor who was living a very different life just five years ago. In today's episode, she talks to me about making the major career shift from working in finance to working in fitness, what the conversation was like with her boss when she gave her resignation, and how she adjusted from the nine to five life to more of a regular grind. With no two days being exactly the same, signing on with a modeling agency early on, and paving her own way within the fitness space here in New York City. Olivia also gets really vulnerable today about what it is like for her to be a public person and how she manages to protect her peace and take time for herself, knowing that that is such a critical component to showing up both on the bike, on the tread, and for her family and friends. And of course, I would have been remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to talk to Olivia about her personal style, something that I personally have loved following along with over the past few years. She talks both about how she would classify her own style and offers up some really helpful tips on how to cultivate and create yours as well. Really loved this one. It was nice to sit down with Liv in the studio and after this chat i can say that i am certainly really excited for everything that olivia was talking about when it comes to the next evolution of her coaching olivia (laughs) 2.0 i'm here for it make sure you're following along with hurdle over on social media it is at hurdle podcast i am over at emily abadi and last little bit of housekeeping if you're not yet subscribed to the weekly hurdle newsletter. I would love to have you. You can get the same motivation, inspiration, stuff you love from the show regularly in your inbox every Friday morning. And the best part about it is it's absolutely free. The link to subscribe to the newsletter is in the show notes. And while you're there, maybe click on over and click rate and review the show wherever you are listening to this podcast. That's it for now with that. Let's get to it. Let's get to hurtling. Today, I'm sitting down with Olivia Amato. She's a Peloton instructor. How are we doing? I'm so, I'm doing well. How are
0: you? I'm trying to say I'm doing well instead of I'm so good so okay. that's why.
1: <laughs> okay. Why? Is there a reason for that? <laughs>
0: no, I, I don't know. I think it just sounds a bit nicer. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good, you
1: know? <laughs> I'm good. But I feel like I feel like we say I'm good and it's not actually, yes. it's not anything. Exactly.
0: Like I could be ter- terrible and I'm like, I'm good. Like there's no intention behind it.
1: Okay. So wait, let, let's bring that a level deeper.
0: Okay.
1: How are you doing really?
0: I'm a little bit stressed right now. Okay. Um. I'm going through a move, which is great. It every, It's all good things, but just a lot going on, a lot of like, not a lot of time for me to get myself in my own space and clear my head. It's just go, go, go right now. Right. Uh, So yeah, just a little bit overwhelmed, if you will.
1: Yeah, because it's so nice to be able to give all of your energy to a move it only happens like so often right exactly ideally you're not picking up and doing that every year so it's such a consuming process and not to be able to be at home and unboxing totally
0: and that's the other thing unboxing like I have so many things that I have to do this week and I'm trying to like pick out my outfits for it so I can kind of like that's one thing out of the way and then I'm like I don't know where this is I don't know where that is so I'm like running (laughs) like a chicken without a head right now Uh, (laughs) oh I know the feeling did
1: you do the movers pack you though they did. And Yo, it's a I did that game for
0: the, changer. Game
1: changer. I did that for the first time coming to this home. Okay, and I don't think I'll ever be able to go back.
0: Did they unpack you? No. Okay. Would you do that or no? You know,
1: I. So it's funny because obviously before they packed me, I didn't know how great it was to have someone pack you. So I obviously don't know how great it is for someone to unpack me. Right. I did like the opportunity to really go through my things yes. once. I don't think I'd need to do it twice. So I didn't mind that they didn't unpack me. And I honestly had all of the boxes out of my apartment within 48 hours. Oh my gosh. Like I was still organizing. Yeah. But the boxes were gone.
0: Yeah. I have about six boxes of shoes that need home right now. Six so. boxes of shoes. <laughs> Literally. And my husband's like, why don't you just give them away? I was like, I've, and I, donate and give away like so much stuff yeah but like i'm a shoe girl like i can't Yeah. I I can. You're
1: kind of known for that.
0: I love my shoes. You're kind
1: of known for being a shoe girl.
0: I am a little bit. Does that
1: make you feel any kind of way? Like that people have an opinion about your shoe collection?
0: (laughs) It makes me be like, wow, I am turning into my mother. So (laughs) that's for sure. But I feel like shoes, I don't know. I just, there's something about them that they like add something to an outfit. They make me happy. So like if it brings any happiness or like inspiration to anybody else,
1: great. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. What else is bringing you happiness right now?
0: what else is bringing me happiness so um being that we moved one of the big reasons we moved was one of my dogs my recent rescue Rue has very bad urban fear so anytime she goes out into the city she like her legs tremble and she gets really scared and like she won't basically move
1: oh my goodness
0: that's not the happy part uh, but we have outdoor space now So she's living her best life. We have a dog – like a little dog run in our building. So like just seeing her be able to like go outside and be happy and not super stressed has really – brought me a lot of happiness.
1: So. Did you have dogs before you got into this relationship and got married? Yes. You did? Yes. Okay. Yep. People ask me all the time, like, oh, don't you want a dog? Because I'm like, I'm listening yeah. to your story. I'm like, I want a dog. I, I, my eyes like water instantly oh. when you bring her up. But I just don't feel yeah, I like tell. I have the capacity with all of my travel to take care of a dog on my own.
0: Listen, I, it is so much work and it is great. And like, for it definitely outweighs all of the things that you have to do but there are so many stresses that come along with it like even now mm. we're going away for our honeymoon in two weeks i'm like who's going to watch them oh my god i forgot to like figure out you know all of that stuff it definitely comes with a lot of stress and i do feel like i did it alone for a little bit it's a lot harder. Yeah. Not saying you can't. Obviously, you could do yeah, it. Yeah, totally. But it's just, you know, being able to split the responsibility with somebody else is definitely helpful. Yeah,
1: yeah. Where are you going on your honeymoon, if you don't We're mind me asking? We're
0: going to Greece. Oh, my God. I know. I'm so excited. Have you been before? I have. I've been once. Danny, my husband, has not been, so... It's just, I mean, I, Greece is probably my favorite place in the world.
1: Oh my I gosh. Love it. I love that. That's have you how, been? I have not been yet. Okay. That's how I currently feel about Italy, maybe until I go to Greece. Yes. But yeah, I love I Italy heard. too. Yeah. I mean, just there's so many beautiful places. It's true. It's true. Okay. I'm going to reel us in. Yes. Reel us in, please. <laughs> we just like dogs, hit honeymoon. The, I know. Hit the ground running here. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you in the studio. I feel like it's been a long time coming. And it's one of the. Long requested episodes that hasn't been in the feed yet. Oh,
0: amazing! I heard want to hear from wow, Olivia. I love Mata. that. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here.
1: You now are one of the few. I feel like like jack of all trades at Peloton. Like you teach a lot of variety. Do you enjoy that?
0: I do. I think for me. Growing up, I taught I did all the sports. I was always kind of like I need to be stimulated in different ways. So being able to teach different types of classes just keeps me interested and motivated and like trying. I'm always trying to figure out ways to level up and make my classes different and interesting to have people come back and mm-hmm. and enjoy it. So I think, you know, me being able to switch it up is an opportunity for everybody else to switch it up and, you know, we kind of get to do it together, which is nice.
1: In terms of switching it up, I know that you went to Peloton after starting off like your professional career working in finance. Yeah. Did you always feel like excited by this like new level of challenge or was making that career pivot a little bit intimidating for you?
0: Oh, it was totally intimidating. I was excited for sure, but I didn't have as much support in the beginning. You know, my parents, I love them, but they were like, what are you doing? Like, how are you leaving this stable job in finance and going to something that they've never heard of? You know, it wasn't really a big thing. So that was really nerve wracking. You know, you know, getting the approval from my parents is something that I... It's something I've obviously spoke about in therapy and, you know, have been dealing with and figuring out and moving on from that and being able to kind of like pivot and do my own thing was a huge, like, I felt very alone at times. I felt very uncertain and just like, did I do the right thing? I deep down, I knew I did the right thing, but it was still scary.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got into podcasting after getting let go from a job eventually. So for me, like that transition, like I didn't have much of a choice in it. It was like, okay, well, I'm just going to run at this thing and see how it works and et cetera, et cetera. For you, were there like certain benchmarks or things you wanted to have in place so that you could feel a little bit more comfortable about jumping at this passion?
0: Realistically, yes. But I remember my emotions kind of got the best of me. I was at a point in my career where they wanted me to do more and start to take more tests. So like in finance, you take like a Series 7 and then I forget if it's like a 54 or 50, like different tests to kind of enable you to do different things. Mm -hmm. And I was getting to the point where I just was like, I don't want to study for this. Like I knew if I'm passionate about something I'm gonna put everything into every you know everything I do and I couldn't care less so I remember coming back from vacation and it was a Sunday and I was supposed to go to work the next day and I was hysterically crying like and I was like what am I doing why like you don't have to be this miserable like this is a choice um so I literally went in the next day and I resigned
1: yeah wow I mean that
0: was after a lot of like thinking about it. And, you know, it wasn't just one night, but
1: yeah. Two things to double click on. One, I've got to hear about how that resignation went. So let's start there. Okay. Tell me about the resignation.
0: <laughs> so basically, again, I loved everyone I worked with. I went into my boss and I was like, listen, I am unhappy and I love you all, but I, I am going to pursue a different career and something that I'm really passionate about. And I really hope you can understand. And he kind of looked at me there's not much emotion going on in the finance world, or at least where I was. So he's kind of like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. He's like, I think you should take a walk around the block. Like, go get a bacon, egg and cheese. Like, think about it a little bit. And I was like, okay. So like, I literally did that just to kind (laughs) of appease him. And I came back and I'm like, I definitely want to do this. So he basically said like, listen, I believe in you. Like, I hope you like do really well in this, and like if you open up a gym, I'll invest it in it. I was like, great, okay, thank you so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, first bacon, egg, and cheese. I know, right? That was like, you know, that was such a phase for me in my like New York corporate life. Like, yep. I can't tell you the last time I went out like from my apartment because I work from home now. Right, like that, I left and was like, I'm gonna go get a bacon, egg, and cheese.
0: I feel like it's one of those things that like once you get it, it's like. Becomes a routine. Oh, it totally like, becomes. Like, you know, even yes. I think I would get them at like that little truck on like, like the little trucks on the corner and it yes. just became like a morning ritual. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my
0: God. Wow. Oh, yeah. wow. wow. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. So it was it was crazy. And I remember leaving and being like, and I took like my little desk name with me and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what did I just do? Did I do like, did I do the right thing? I did the right thing. Like, I was just all over the place.
1: Yeah. Waking up the next day. How did you feel?
0: I felt free. Yeah. for sure i was still a bit scared and i was like but things were happening very quickly so i actually started teaching at a, a gym while i was still working at finance in okay. finance so i was doing it like after whenever i could kind of get it in And then things just kind of like, yeah, I didn't even have time to think.
1: It's so funny, though, because that's like how alignment works, right? It's like you make a decision that feels right for you. And then you'll start to notice that things start to happen for you is how it feels. 100%. Yeah. So what started to happen for you?
0: So I was kind of I went full time. I was, you know, teaching one or two classes a week if I could at that one gym. And then I wound up getting into so you auditioned for another Uh, company and I wound up getting into their program to like start and it was like a really extensive like training program so I was you know basically starting in like three weeks or something so it was good because I wouldn't have been able to do both at the same time I wound up weirdly uh, getting signed with Wilhelmina fitness it's like a fitness Mm -hmm. modeling board their fitness modeling which is like I'm very petite so I'd never in a million years thought like that would be something I'd be doing and that came with you know I learned a lot of good things and a lot of bad things from that. But, yeah, it was kind of just like I was, like, faking it till I make it kind of thing.
1: Super interested in the bad things.
0: About Wilhelmina?
1: Yeah. I mean, not about Wilhelmina, but maybe, like, your learnings from exposing yourself in that way. Yeah.
0: yeah, It was just, like, insecurities I'd never had before Mm. were now existing. And there were things that I could not change that were an issue for my agent or whoever um, that you know became like a a part of my like everyday thinking and it just mm. kind of you know things like that once you're in your head you can you have it's crazy how our thoughts work and how manifestation works like we can completely build ourselves up or tear ourselves down oh like, totally you know
1: yeah. So. And that must be, I mean, that's like a whole other level of frustrating when it's part of like your, how you're making money in your job.
0: I've learned how to kind of block out the noise and can, you know, let go of what I can't control and what other people say or think, but it's still, you know, everyone's human.
1: Yeah. Everyone's human. So you go into this new chapter going through the training program and such a different schedule as well. How d- what did that work on your mental side of things?
0: I think that really helped me. Uh, part of what I didn't like about working in finance was sitting at a desk all day. Mm. Like I would literally leave to go pee and they'd be like, where are you going? Like, I like, you cannot leave your desk. Um, so I think that, yeah, I think that was a, a super helpful for me. Um, kind of being able to move around more and get more creative and just be, more with myself and thinking about, okay, what do you want to do? What's gonna make you happy? What's gonna inspire you?
1: Yeah. In the quote unquote free time that you had, how did you start to find yourself filling up that time?
0: Yeah, I would say to be honest, I didn't have a lot of free time. I was kind of running around from studio to studio or from a studio to training. And but I did make it a point to kind of whether it was reading a book, I remember reading, do you know that do you remember the book, um is it You Are a Badass?
1: Yeah, you know, the yellow book. The yellow book. Yes.
0: I remember reading that and I had their, somebody took a picture of me and reading it in my chair. And I remember being like, wow, I didn't know anything then. Like I was just so and it, that was a big one for me because I it gave me a lot of confidence to kind of, you know, that I was doing the right thing and following what I wanted to do. Yeah. So, yeah, reading books, um, just kind of looking around and being like, what what makes me happy? Like what makes you tick?
1: I'll get to the why I'm asking you this, but do you remember like what your happiest, one of your happiest moments from that time was?
0: Yeah, I remember I had a day off from like all of the training and and I didn't have classes that day. And I went to Central Park and I was just kind of like sitting there. It was sunny out and I was reading a book and I was looking around and I was like, I would never be able to do this and have this moment of just like peace Mm. if I didn't, Give myself the opportunity
1: to. Like, if you hadn't been okay taking the leap. Yeah. Totally. The way that you're describing this, like it makes me think of like my hustle, my strong hustle phase. Like my first year of just like freelance writing and I was also teaching at a spin studio, ironically, and just crazy. Yep. And I think to that year and like I feel as though I have very few memories because I was never actually like truly present where I was. Yes. Do you feel that
0: way? A hundred little, percent. Little yeah. And that's why there's like a very few core memories that stick out. And you know, it could be like the first class I ever taught to people. When when people were in the room or that moment where I was just kind of sitting there, but very few. Yeah. Very few.
1: Now you are very busy and also running around constantly. How do you ground yourself amidst all of the to-dos and the chaos and, you know, the unsolicited feedback yeah. and everything? Yeah,
0: I think it varies day to day or week to week, but some weeks, for example, or some days, I want to have a call with my best friend and just, you know, one of my best friends is is just super inspiring. I think I actually told you about her. She she just motivates me to be better. And she's like one of those people you always want to kind of have in your pocket. So like some days I want to have a conversation with her and other days I just want to be by myself and like be in my own thoughts and be in my own like, how are you actually doing? Yeah. Um. So I think it depends. It could be like literally doing nothing mm-hmm. or going on a bike ride outside or, you know, calling a friend and having a really deep conversation with them, spending time with family. Again, it really depends, but some, I definitely know my like about myself that I've learned is I need my alone time.
1: So much of your work, like your job, is showing up for other people. So knowing yeah. what Olivia needs to take care of Olivia is literally absolutely critical.
0: A hundred percent, otherwise I cannot physically or mentally show up for other people.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, also part of your job is getting up early. <laughs> sure you are, is. you are often there bright and early when I'm like, oh, I should open the Peloton app and see what's happening. And it's like, oh, you're already halfway through yeah. whatever you have going on. It's wild. How do you make that work for you?
0: Yeah. Um, that is something that's a continuous journey for me. I definitely go to bed way like, early, like I try to go to bed by 9 o'clock latest when Mm -hmm. I have to be up because I'm up at 4 a.m. I am a morning person, which helps. I prefer to work out in the morning. I always have. So once I'm up, I'm pretty good. But it does also take a level of like for me, I know I need to teach like a fitness first class in that that early in the morning because – There's not like I feel like people who are taking that class anyway, like no one really cares about like my ride to the studio or like what like they want to work out. They want to get a good workout in. And like I get that. And so I'm kind of catering to that audience as well. When it's that early in the morning,
1: I think that's a really smart approach. And that's probably why you're the person that's on the schedule at that time.
0: Yeah. I, would, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. 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 For oh sure. my
1: gosh. Yeah. I'm like not showing up just to like say that I showed up at that time. No. No. Like no
0: one's coming here to just chill. Like we are working <laughs> out. We're probably going to get a PR and then we're going to go on with our day. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Yes.
1: <laughs> I do. Okay. So then let's go back to you getting your feet wet in the fitness industry, you start to gain a broader understanding that you're like, okay, I've definitely made the right choice. Talk to me about how you start to feel the opportunities that come your way.
0: Yeah. So I did notice there was a time where I was like, okay. And this is something my mom always said to me. She's like, you can't be everything to everyone. You can't do everything. Like, And I always wanted to do everything. I wanted to do ice skating, lacrosse, cheerleading. I literally wanted to do everything. And I realized when I do everything, I can't put my all into everything. Mm -hmm. It's just, physically not like it's impossible. So for me, I like to do everything 100%. And I was like, I need to kind of narrow down what it is I really want to do so I can do it really well. Um, And that's when I became a little bit more specific about how I would fill my time and what I would be doing. So there were people who would reach out and say, Oh, I'm starting this, this and that. And I, you know, I would have conversations with every single one of them. But I trusted my gut in what felt right. And what really was interesting to me, and it wasn't like a shiny new toy. It was like, am I going to actually enjoy doing this and why? Um, Not just, oh, this is new. It could be like the next big thing. So I think Mm. that's kind of where what – separated peloton from all the other opportunities that were kind of coming at the time
1: yeah that's so interesting right and you said that you got that piece of advice from your mom yes yeah yes because it is exciting to like see the shiny new thing and be like let's jump at it was peloton not the shiny new thing
0: well it it was but there were other companies being like hey we would love for you to be our master trainer and this is going to be your salary and it all looks and sounds really great But do you believe in the product? Do you believe in what they're selling? um, Or are you just jumping at the first thing that's coming? Because it seems like it's going to be
1: this big thing. Right. And you said a buzzword that I think a lot of individuals who may be working in fitness uh, don't get to hear all the time. And that's the word salary, right? Mm. So you leave leave this extremely corporate job and you start to take on different projects that may not offer you that kind of security. So when something like that comes your way that offers you security and also empowers you to do something that you're really passionate about, that must have been really exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Meaning Peloton or the other ones. I
1: mean, whatever. Whoever says that to you. A hundred percent. And which is
0: why, again, like I had to some of these places. And again, it it was it was a great opportunity or it looked really good on paper. But looking back, if I would have taken that, it would have it wouldn't have been good.
1: Right. You know, wouldn't have been the right move. No,
0: not the right move for me.
1: When do you sign on full time at Peloton?
0: Four and a half, five years ago now.
1: And the pandemic started like two years after that yeah okay so you had like a moment before the pandemic
0: yeah so we so i started um on the tread so we me i guess it was me rebecca Mm -hmm. maddie wow tbt to all of this us three and that
1: christopher street studio yeah it was us three
0: like in the basement of that studio you know for all hours you know trying to figure out what you know, you know Rebecca was the one who made all the programs and everything, but we were all in it and spent so much time together. Uh, and I think I was there for about eight months before it launched. So yeah. we, was, we were kind of doing everything behind the scenes. Right. And then a year after that is when I had a non compete at the old cycling studio I was at, so I started cycling a year after.
1: Got it. Yeah. Got it. When you kind of stepped onto the Peloton scene what were your reactions like from let's say like the community obviously like exposure in a whole new way like first reactions what were they
0: yeah I think I knew that it was where fitness was going for sure I because the tread was new it was different because you had all of these all of the people from the Peloton community showing up but they obviously didn't know who you were so people taking your class for the first time I think one of the main things I saw was how passionate the members were and how much they wanted to be there and how they not only showed up for themselves but for everybody else mm-hmm. that was like a part of the community which i thought was super super cool and then also i remember one of my first experiences kind of before you know things changed was i went to california with matt Wilpers to a showroom and you know people were showing up i was kind of standing with him and no one really knew who i was but everyone knew who he was, and <laughs> everyone was showing up with their power zone graphs in literally binders. And like it was like he was this superhuman and he is. yeah. but like I was like, wow, like this is so crazy. Like people it almost it hit me kind of then. I knew what we were doing, but I saw the impact in person. Mm-hmm. and I was like, that's really cool. Yeah, like, wow.
1: And now, five years in, how does that feel to you?
0: It feels surreal, for sure. Like, yeah. even if somebody sees me on the street and says, hello, I'm like, what? How? How do you? Mm-hmm. Like, it's still crazy, but it's so amazing. Like, I I, I used to say when people were like, what do you want to do? I'd be like, I want to impact people in a positive way and make them feel strong and confident. And I want to impact as many people as possible. Like, that's literally what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. it's crazy
1: yeah to me still and I'm like I'm really grateful yeah as many people as possible you know when I started the show I think that I kind of had that same mentality and then I started to realize for myself that I personally could be more effective if I dialed in on my totally. niche. like I knew that if I didn't start speaking to young women yeah or women between like let's say like 20 and 40 20, yeah that uh I couldn't be as powerful with my messaging. Do that's you, a really good
0: point. When yeah.
1: you're like creating your classes, you're like you're teaching the roadmap for your classes. Are you thinking about like a certain level of athlete? Totally. So I, that's a really good point because
0: yes, we are reaching so many people. I mean, we have millions of members now, but different members gravitate towards different people. So that is Very one true. thing. I don't try to do is I know that there are going to be, be people who don't want to take my class specifically, mm-hmm. but there are people who do. So I'm catering to the people who want to show up early, who want to get a hard workout in, who want to get out of their comfort zone or people who want to be an athlete. And like, I want them to know that they are, you may, you may not know yet, but like, we're going to tap into that athlete together. So I right. think, yes, I I totally agree with you. you can, and that's the thing. You can't be everything to everyone. Yeah, Like that's that phrase again
1: that is challenging right because you have to then get up front with yourself about the things that excite and motivate you
0: totally and there's a level of boundaries which are so hard and they're hard to put in place they're hard to keep stay true to yeah but coming back to and that's why I like to be like okay what are my core values what excites me what makes me you don't want to just be constantly drained and drained and yeah because again then you're what good are you to yourself even
1: talk to me about boundaries yeah I mean was there like a moment where you had to like really ask yourself what are my boundaries when yeah, it, yeah. do you Still. remember that
0: yeah, I think I st- it's something I still need to ask myself. And it, it comes about in in different ways throughout different parts of my life. Yeah. So a boundary that I may have had a few years ago may be different now and vice versa. Um, and I think constantly checking in with yourself and being like, is this still serving me? Do I need to create a new boundary? Maybe, you know, this is too harsh of a boundary. Whatever it may be, like, it's okay to change it and to, you know, shift that a little bit. Like, it's your life. It's your you are like fully responsible for what you want to do and the boundaries that you create. Right.
1: So, okay, an example here, you told me that you like to go to sleep at the latest by nine if you're like going to be up at four and Mm. going to teach class. Give me an example of like a boundary you set so that happens.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes people are like, can we go out to dinner this day and I really want to go and I want to see my friends, I'm like, no, I need to put this boundary in place because I'm not going to be able to function if I go. So I'm so sorry, but I need like, to my friends, I need you to understand mm-hmm. because otherwise, it's not good for me for the rest of the week. Like, right. Let's make plans else, elsewhere. Or if Danny for instance, wants to stay up and watch TV or do something else, I need to set that boundary of like, okay, you can do that. But like, I'm going to go to bed. Like, please try not to wake me up. Um Yeah. And following those, you have to follow through. Otherwise, there's no point.
1: Right. You know? For the person listening to this that wants to do that, mm. but feels like other people may think it's selfish. Mm. What do you tell them? I would say that the people who truly
0: care about you and have your best interests will a hundred percent value that and support that? And again if there are people who are not, I don't it's hard to say like person by person but they probably don't have your best interests at heart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we all have to go through a moment or a situation or an experience that like teaches us the importance of upkeeping our boundaries, right? Like you have like one bad morning when you wake up and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And it's like when you're young and you go to the stove and you touch the stove and you learn that it's hot and you're like, okay, I can't do that again. The 100%. same thing happens with our boundaries.
0: 100%. And also the people in your life, they may be a little bit like, wait, what? What's going on at first? But again, if they have your best interest and they love you and want what's best for you, they're gonna adapt to it as well and they're gonna understand it.
1: We often hear that we are a summary of the people that we spend the most time Mm. with. Tell me what it is about your husband that made you know that he was the person that you wanted to spend the most time with.
0: Yeah, so, well, we met in COVID, so I had no choice. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, no, no. He is, we are so different but all of the things that like I wish I possessed a little bit more, he has. Oh, I love that. So he's so like chill and patient and he's just kind of like like anybody who's ever met him is just like he's just easy. Like you can throw him into anything and he'll adapt. Like he's so loving and just he's just a really good, nice person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Are you insinuating that you're not a really good, nice, chill person?
0: (laughs) I'm really crazy and I'm horrible. No, I mean, I am a good person for sure. It's more so like the way... I don't know, he just makes me think about that. Like I'm kinda like, go, 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 like whatever. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, let's sit down for a second and like think about it. Yeah. That's kind of where he balances me out a little bit. Um, and then there's also like there's times where I just may be in my own feelings and not want to do anything and it's not necessarily a boundary. So there's no reason why I'm just sitting in bed on a Friday night. And he's like, Come on, let's let's go do something. Like it could be going down the street, but it makes me feel so much better than I would have if I was just
1: you mentioned COVID, the yeah. C word. Talk mm-hmm. to me about how your mental state was during, let's say, like the brunt of the pandemic.
0: My mental state was, it was confusing for sure because I was teaching from home. Yeah. And we weren't living together yet. So I had an entire like studio set up in my apartment. So I just felt, I was like, what? I was very confused. I was also, nervous and anxious Uh, my dad he's okay now but he has had lymphoma so I was just very anxious about that all the time and like I didn't want to go see them because I didn't want to compromise the fact that I you know it was just it was a very uncertain time and it was scary like I think I was definitely you know there were days where I didn't wouldn't see people for so or you know, weeks and I was, you know, was definitely feeling it for sure.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting because you're from New York, right? So being so close to our parents, my parents are in Connecticut and yet being so far removed. I remember – Uh, my dad came once and we weren't allowed to hug and we stood like six feet apart the entire time and he brought me like things from Costco as dads do.
0: Totally. (laughs) Totally. It was so, yeah, like we would go drive by and like wave in the window. It's like, okay. You know, it was just, it was, it was strange.
1: Do you believe that the pandemic was good for you?
0: I do think it was good for us. I think I was at a point in my life where I was For the first time, I was really figuring out what it was like to be on my own. And I was well into it. So it wasn't like, you know, I jumped right back into a relationship. But I was finally happy being by myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it would have moved as quick or, you know, if the pandemic didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that it wouldn't have moved as quick. And... It definitely, you know, deepened our connection in terms of like, we were the only people that we would see. Yeah. So
1: It's so great. It feels like forever ago, but also it wasn't forever ago.
0: I know. And it feels like things are like completely back to how they were uh-huh. before. Like, it's like nothing ever happened.
1: I know. Except you walk out on the street and you still see the masks and you're yes. like, nope. Yeah. It's still, yeah. something's still happening. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you did just touch on the fact that your father had been sick. Mm. When you're navigating something that you're not talking about on camera, Mm. how does that impact how you show up on camera?
0: Yeah, that's also something that's kind of changed throughout the years. I think I used to try to just like completely shut it off and like the camera would go on and like, None of that existed. Right. And then the camera would go off and it existed again. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of how I used to do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how healthy that really was for myself.
1: Totally. Now,
0: that being said, I'm not going on camera crying and telling everybody, you know, because that's not my, you know, my job is to uplift people and motivate people. But if I'm showing up in a way that's like, that's honest and I'm like, all right, I'm not feeling great today, but we're here together and we're going to do it. There is something about that honesty and that vulnerability that, you know, other people are dealing with things too. And it makes Mm -hmm. other people feel not as alone and yourself.
1: Yeah. And I think that there's a really beautiful thing about that vulnerability, but it can be challenging as someone who is a public facing person to like, let them in a little and then still feel like you're really not showing up as your full self.
0: Yes. Yeah. It is probably the most challenging thing I find about the job, to be honest. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think Not knowing – like, giving a little, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have – like, and again, you want to open up, but then the more you open up, the more you're opening yourself up to that, Mm -hmm. you know, everything else that comes with it.
1: Yeah. Talk to me about the everything else that comes with it. What comes with it?
0: Yeah. I think, you know, there are so many amazing people, truly, but there's always going to be people who also want to just bring you down. Mm -hmm. And that could be, you know, another thing that I learned was the way people – Treat other people as a really big reflection of how they feel about themselves and how they treat themselves. So that's something that's helped me. But yeah, you get the negative people who want to say something mean just to say something to mean just to hurt you. And again, it's that is noise. But there are things sometimes that make you question like, oh, wait, did I, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's a struggle that, you know, learning process. A learn in progress. Yeah. A learn learn in progress. Is that right?
1: We are really on a roll today. (laughs) Lesson. work in progress. work in
0: progress. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. This is like Wheel of Fortune. Literally. But live. Literally. (laughs) Live Wheel of Fortune today. Constant work in progress, but all of us are, right? But I think the thing is, is that especially with what you do, individuals and the members, um, by no fault of their own, but they tend to put all of you on this pedestal, right? Mm. And it's as though you feel as though, and I'm not Mm. trying to put words, words, in your mouth, Mm. but just from the conversations that I've had with so many of the other instructors, it's like you feel as though you're not supposed to have any flaws. Like you're not supposed to mess up. Like, oh, I am like – everyone's following me. Like I can't mess this up. And it's like that wouldn't be realistic. Totally. Yeah.
0: Which is, again, like I've learned that that – no one wants – like it's not good to be like robotic. Any Like people want to feel Mm -hmm. like there's a connection between you two and how – to feel a connection is like oh we're both feeling the same way or going we're both you know going through the same thing but in different ways Mm -hmm. you know Mm
1: -hmm. what would you say is the part of your job that you like the most we've talked about like the most challenging part of your job but what do you like the most
0: I really love teaching so like when the camera goes on and I'm teaching like anything that happened before I'm kind of like whatever like it could be like I was you know My car was late or whatever. Like, I really enjoy it. And like, I feel so good during and after. It's just something I love to do.
1: Yeah. Do you block out a little bit when you're teaching? Yes. Yeah. For sure. For
0: sure. (laughs) And sometimes I'll say things like, what? What did I just say? Or like, how did I? Like this wheel of fortune. You know what I mean? Like, it could be... Yeah, but I do, and and one of my favorite things is like meeting, actually meeting members in real life and, and them telling you like, I ran a marathon and listen to you, like things that are, you know, life-changing moments that I get to be a part of that I have no idea about, and then
1: they tell me. Yeah. It's really cool. What is exciting you the most about what's to come?
0: What's exciting me the most? I would say I am at a point where I am kind of looking at to my next like evolution of me and who I am as an instructor Mm. and you know marinating the two of them um so I feel like I'm excited about you know the new me that I can bring not new me but like what else can I how can I like level up to show everybody else like look like I can do that too Mm -hmm. sort of thing and you know bring new things to the table and just keep people interested and keep people wanting to show up for themselves
1: yeah so when you say level up yeah what does that look like so i think for me
0: it's it's not about like a physical it's more about being able to be more of myself Mm. because it's so funny like people who really know me are like oh my god like yes that's you and like it's not like i'm put but it's the serious me and Mm. then there's like this whole other part of me that like no one else knows because i don't know like I'm just not really like my goofy, funny self when I'm on there because I'm so focused. But I feel like there are ways to kind of incorporate a little bit more of me into it so that people can get to know me a little more.
1: I think that that is, it's so funny, right? Because you, you're you five years into this journey, but you're still figuring out how to like be your most authentic self.
0: hundred percent. And
1: that is a testament, I believe, of how much you care about the product that you're creating, totally and it's beautiful thanks you're welcome aside from work what else are you excited about right now
0: i am excited about so i'm actually coming out with a puma collection like a a apparel collection which i'm really excited about because fashion is a huge huge passion of mine i love it and i get to kind of i do get to you know bring the two together and and deliver something that i'm hoping people are going to really like so that i'm very excited about and my honeymoon which i'm amped. It's like a year overdue, but I'm so excited to, you know, just get in the sun and kind of chill.
1: I feel like, uh, you know, your followers and like the Peloton members really got to see how excited you were about fashion Mm. during your whole wedding process. Does it feel like you still have the opportunity to express yourself like you did back then?
0: Yes, for sure. Um, Obviously, the wedding was like I could do the most with it the most but I still feel like you know we're always doing things and we have events to go to and I get to express it in different ways so maybe it's not a wedding dress but it could be even on camera like I love to change up my looks I love to make it interesting like I feel like when I feel good in what I'm wearing it just makes me kind of like show up better yeah are Um, you working
1: with a stylist Currently, no. Okay.
0: Currently, no. This whole week I have things coming up and like
1: they are requiring specific looks and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to wear? If you had to describe your sense of personal style, like what words would you use?
0: I think it's kind of like casual, tomboy, chic.
1: Oh, love the chic thrown in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: Because it's like, yeah, I think I think that's what it would be because it's very like street styley, but yep. like then sometimes it can be elevated or like tomboy elevated
1: kind of. For someone who's trying to home in on theirs, what advice do you have for them?
0: I think wearing what makes you feel good so like colors like i know everyone's talking about like the color palette but like if if color palette's telling you to wear hot pink and you don't like it and you don't feel good in it like don't wear it yeah kind of channeling in on something that makes you feel good and then like adding to it from there and i also don't think there's anything wrong with like if i find a pair of pants that fit me really well like i'm getting every color Yep, literally every color and Yeah, like that's a wardrobe, like find your staples and then you can build from those staples.
1: Love that. Great advice here. Great advice. Speaking of advice, we've talked about some uh, highs and lows from the last few years from you. During uh, one of the lows, what would you say is some of the best advice that you were offered that helped you get over that hurdle?
0: I think something that resonates with me still that was a really solid piece of advice was actually from a friend of mine. And she said, you got to take full responsibility for your life. And to me, that resonated in every sense. So like it could be taking responsibility for how I'm feeling, for, you know, changes that I want to make, for actions that I've done. So it could be owning up to something and being like, you know what, that that was wrong of me, I'm sorry. But it could also be like, okay, what you're feeling right now is valid. So let's change it up. Let's change the direction. Like, and I think that is something that still resonates with me because – I'm the one in control. Like the actions you take create the life you're living. Take a hold of it and it's yours. So you could choose to be miserable and negative, and that's going to create the life, this kind of negative life, right? Or yeah. you could choose to be positive and that is going to be a ripple effect of, you know, what happens. as Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like I've said this analogy on the show, but it's like choosing to be a positive or an optimistic versus a pessimistic person. And it's like as simple as walking out your door and noticing what you see on the street. You either notice like this puddle of dirty water because you're a pessimist or you notice like the cute elderly couple crossing the street together.
0: A hundred percent. And I think I have to check myself too sometimes because Mm -hmm. I can be one. I could be both of those. But being like you're responsible for your life when I, I tell myself that and I instead of going along with that negative Mm -hmm. thought and continuing that for the rest of the day, that makes me switch and pivot. And then I'm, you know, looking for the positive.
1: When you feel like you're in a pattern of seeing only the negatives, what can you do to shake that up?
0: It could be literally sitting down and taking a couple deep breaths and being like, Getting yourself together. It could be meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes I'll throw on one of our meditations, five minutes, and I feel like I genuinely feel like a brand new human being. um And, it, you know, I think a lot of it with me is self talk mm-hmm. and just being like, why are you, what's going on here? Right. Why are you feeling this way? Why are you being negative? Mm-hmm. And figuring it out, you know, maybe it's something
1: deeper. Let's look into it, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. I've definitely been in some patterns as of lately that I'll. I'll say these things to myself that we're talking talking about, right? Like I'll say, you're in control. Today's the first day. You can take ownership of this. But then I still find myself in this like not so positive loop. Have you ever been in something like that? Totally. Yes. And the only way that I know how to get out of it that has worked for me in the past and is literally what I'm doing right now is like being okay asking for help from friends.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's what – that's the difference there is like maybe you do need help and it's not about you're not being negative you just mm-hmm. need help with something yeah and that's okay yeah. to ask for help
1: totally figuring out the difference between okay i'm being negative or i actually need help with something yeah you know? and i think it's so easy not to want to ask for help always right like yeah. we want to do everything on our own yes and oh my god i have to like be better about being like hey
0: yeah. And Help. once you do it, you're like, oh, I'm really glad I did that. That was like so beneficial. And I'm, you know, yeah, but the act of
1: doing it. Oh, is yeah. So hard. I have never regretted being like, hey, this thing's really important to me. And I could really use you to back me up on this.
0: 100%.
1: But that was like something that took years for me to like get over definitely like a, a childhood thing. Like I can handle this on my own. I don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, same. Hi. Someone goes to your Instagram page. they see this like peppy peloton instructor with over like something like five hundred thousand followers. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? Whew. Whew.
0: that's a question I'm already sweating. I know um what do I see looking back at me? I see I'm not good at complimenting myself or any like all of that stuff, which I am working on, but I think, yeah, when I look at myself, I see a normal person, like, yeah, I don't see. You know, yeah, I see myself as just a normal person living in New York, working my ass off, Mm -hmm. doing it, doing the thing.
1: What are you proud of that you see?
0: Um, I'm proud that I have – this is also something that I feel like I've been more aware of, that I am – and it is making me appreciate my body, that I have a body that is capable of doing things and able to move and able to
1: Mm – like that
0: is something that motivates me more than anything yeah so I think acknowledging that and and having an appreciation for my body that's not like it's not all about looks mm-hmm. it's it's not it's really barely it's you know yeah. it's like not even a fraction of it so yeah just appreciating what I'm capable of doing physically and that I'm able to do it
1: what would you say uh, is one of the qualities about yourself that you uh, love the most I love my sense of humor like when I'm around people
0: who get my humor, And we're, you know, we're kind of going at it. I love that. Like, I'm just happiest when I'm laughing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it would have to be that.
1: Right now you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice back when you were in the transition from corporate America to what you're doing now, knowing what you know now. What would you tell yourself?
0: I think it would have to be the you can't be everything to everyone piece of advice because back then I would have been like I want everyone to like me why doesn't this person like like it would have been more focused on wanting to be like everything to everybody yeah. and I think knowing that back then may have made the transition a little bit easier and may have allowed me to be more authentic not j- not that I was un- inauthentic, but just less of less robotic more of me and quicker
1: yeah you know quicker yeah Would you have told yourself that, though, looking back on it? I don't
0: think I would, though, because I feel like it's a lesson that I learned, and I'm still learning, and it's allowing me to kind of evolve from who I was to who I am now and who I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the fun if it just all happens at once? Yeah. You know?
1: What's the fun of it? Yeah. I'm so happy that we were able to do this. Mm -hmm. Me too. Thank you so much for coming in. For the hurdlers that don't follow along with you just yet, how do they keep up with you? Give us all your details.
0: You can follow me on at Olivia Amato on Instagram. And Twitter as well.
1: And Twitter as well. TikTok. Yeah. And TikTok. I'm over at Emily Body and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.